If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. In the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight, Majority Leader joins Attorney General to take on the Auditor General for allegedly leaking audit reports to the public. We'll hear from Chairman Sabunsu, who is accusing the Chief State Auditor of carrying out his mandate in an unconstitutional manner. New constitutional, where the Auditor General will respect the fact that he is a tool for Parliament in the performance of his functions, the oversight functions, and therefore cannot unilaterally exact and prosecute surcharges, and even before submitting his reports to Parliament, find a way to leak the recommendations to the general public. We have details as Parliament marks 30 years of parliamentary democracy. We have to look at how come that we have gone down from multi-party to a duopoly. We have to look at it. Also tonight, he is indecisive and has nothing new to offer. Words of the governing MPP as former President John Mahama makes public his intention to contest the 2024 elections. A uh, couple of days ago, he was asking if he was going to run. He said, you don't know, you never, you never know what would happen. I mean, if you want to contest, you know you contest. We are ready for him. We are interested at this point in how we can build the economy. Also tonight, the largest teacher union in Ghana, NAT, is challenging the Education Ministry and the GES to publish investigative uh, committee report on the school placement scandal uh, saga as they insist no staff of the ministry was involved in that particular scandal. And in business, gold for oil program expected to be implemented at least for a year as some of the major oil suppliers have been forced to impact or review their prices because of this program. And in 50 minutes, we'll hear from Ghana football legend Mohamed Polo, who has presented a five-year development plan to President Okufuado to help Ghana football. Join us, which of you some comments here on Newsnight. Send us in WhatsApp, 055 997 
tonight, the Majority Leader, Sechi Mensabungtu Umbungsu, is joining the Attorney General to take on the Auditor General for allegedly leaking uh, audit reports to the public. Well, the Chairman Sabungsu has been speaking in Parliament today as part of a ceremony to mark 30 years of parliamentary democracy. Well, he is amplifying the concerns that the Attorney General had raised, criticizing the Auditor General for how he performs his duties. Only a few weeks ago, the Auditor General, Godfrey Diabwadami, advised the Auditor General to unpublish the COVID-19 audit reports. A piece of advice... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. That drew the anger of civil society. But speaking at an event to mark the uh, 30 years of parliamentary democracy, the majority leader said the Auditor General is a tool for parliament and should not be leaking the reports. It is time to re-engineer our constitutional architecture to conform to today's realities. We need a new constitutional order that will ensure gender equity. We need a new constitutional order that will prevent the constant increase in the number of seats in parliament. We need a new constitutional order that will put a cap in the number of ministers of state. A new order that will ensure that the speaker of parliament is a serving member of parliament and that the parliament of Ghana does not remain as one of only nine parliaments in the world whose speakers are not members of parliament. We need a new constitutional order that will give birth to an economic paradigm which will engender wealth creation, entrepreneurial spirit, and talent development, as well as jobs for our people, especially the youth, with the active partnership of parliament. A new constitutional order that would remodel the composition of the NDPC, the National Development Planning Commission, a new constitutional order where the Auditor General will respect the fact that he is a tool for Parliament in the performance of his functions, the oversight functions, and therefore cannot unilaterally exact and prosecute surcharges and even before submitting his reports to Parliament, find a way to leak the recommendations to the general public. A new constitutional order where assets declared by public servants can be traced and tracked by the Auditor General for purposes of tax compliance and not to encourage a system where public servants declare their assets that they do not have, but assets that they aspire to have. Now, on his part, former uh, minority leader Dr. Case Lato Forsen taxed MPs to be mindful of the current economic challenges and how both sides can work to alleviate the plight of Ghanaians. Let us be mindful of our current economic challenges and work towards a common, a common goal to address what is before us. Nobody can benefit when the economy collapses. We cannot also sit on concern. Mr. Speaker, we can also not underestimate the reaction of our people. If we fail, the people of Ghana has failed. Mr. Speaker, I believe there's a good reason for which our laws change the designation from opposition to minority. Both sides have a stake in ensuring good governance in the history of our country. Again, Mr. Speaker, for the common good of our people, we are in this business of governance together. The people that we represent expect more from us and we cannot afford to fail them. Let me take you to Parliament. Uh, Kweku Asante is our parliamentary correspondent, Kweku. And the standard speaker also spoke at this particular event today, and he's talking about legacy projects Parliament intends to take. Tell us more, but most importantly, did he tell us how they're going to fund this? 
Evan, to mark 30 years of parliamentary democracy, Evan Bagwin says parliament needs to do something that reminds the Ghanaian people that parliament has been a bastion of democracy. It just says they are going to build what is called the democracy house, and they are also going to unveil some bath in parliament. It wasn't specific in terms of where exactly they are going to get the money from, but it was a pain to stress that they will not use state funds because of the current economic challenges. A few legacy products or projects have also been planned, such as cutting the sword for the building of what we are describing as democracy house. We need to inculcate the culture of democracy. And these are some of the physical structures that will keep on reminding everybody of the value of democracy. We intend to construct a bust to depict African democracy. The ceremonial gate of parliament will also be reconstructed. Parliament is working on a funding model that will rely on its strategic partnerships to deliver these legacy projects, not public money. We will not depend on government because we know how we are all struggling to keep things going. Kweku has also been warning that Ghana's democracy seemed to have been taken over by the NDC and the MPP. What's his concern there? When the Fourth Republic started, there were multiple parties in parliament. At a point, there were up to five or six different political parties with representation in the House. As of now, there are only two political parties, the NDC and the MPP. The speaker is concerned that we are turning down from a multi-party democracy to a duopoly. To the fact that Ghana has had eight successive elections and four government changeovers between two major political parties. We say multi-party democracy. We don't say a duopoly. And so we have to look at how come that we have gone down from multi-party to a duopoly. We have to look at it. It gives us the opportunity to turn things around, not only in terms of democracy, but also in terms of our economy. You cannot be politically free when you are economically dependent. And so Africa should stop deceiving itself that we are politically free. We are not. We are both politically and economically dependent. We have to fight for the freedom of both. Well, that's the Speaker of Parliament there uh, today at that particular ceremony on the 30 years of parliamentary democracy. Uh, a few things came up, as you possibly have heard, mainly from the majority leader, say, Chairman Sabonsu. I want to bring in member on the Constitutional Legal Affairs Committee in Parliament, Roxing Nelson Dafiamekpo, joins us on the telephone line right now. Uh, Roxing, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you very much. My pleasure Let's start with this controversy that Chairman Sabungso has reintroduced because he's a leader of parliament. It carries a bit of weight. The, recently, we saw the uh, Attorney General advising the Auditor General to unpublish a report that he had already put out there uh, in the public domain on its website. Chairman Sabungso is backing that point uh, and giving a bit of weight to the uh, Attorney General's advice that it is unconstitutional for those documents to be leaked when it is it's, it's, it is the property of parliament, so to speak. Do you agree with him? How, how possibly can I agree with such 
spurious interpretation of the constitution. The, the, the majority leader cited any constitutional provision in support of the um, allegation of unconstitutionality of the publication of the report. None. What he did was to place his own erroneous interpretation on the constitutional provision and made it a legal point. This is what the law says. Article 187 of the Constitution establishes the office of the Auditor General. Now, in Article 187, it has this to say. When the report is submitted to Parliament, this is what Article 187, Clause 6 says. Parliament shall debate the report of the Auditor General and appoint where necessary in the public interest a committee to deal with any any matters arising from it. Now, where in this position is this stated that the reports who submitted to Parliament will not be published? Even how else would the report of that of the Auditor General be submitted to Parliament without publication? As we speak, every single member of Parliament has been given a copy. That is our document has submitted to Parliament. But that's different from putting it up on the website, is it not? Evan, publication can take many forms. Why bring the document and give it to 275 members of Parliament? That is publication. That is publication. In fact, what the Auditor General posted on its website is actually notice of the publication of the report. So this this attempt to suggest that the publication of the report by the Auditor General is unconstitutional is an imagination of the people who are making that argument. They should put one constitutional provision in support of this. Indeed, if you read the Audit Service Act, the clear provision in Section 20 mandates the Auditor General to publish the report when it submits to Parliament. So are they also disputing that provision as enacted by Parliament? There's another suggestion James Abungsu made today on, on the floor of Parliament, which is that the Constitution should be amended so that the next Speaker of Parliament is a member of Parliament. Do you agree with that? Why must I agree with that? The, in the wisdom of the original framers of the Constitution, they, they proceeded on the principle of impartiality of the presiding officer of our National Assembly. Because the speaker must be an in politically impartial person. If you are suggesting that the, the, the speaker sh- should be to be elected from parliament, it means he must be a member of parliament. And 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 technically speaking, he must be a member of the political party. Because we know how difficult it is for an individual or independent candidate to even win parliamentary seats let alone get elected as a speaker. He hasn't offered any reason for making that suggestion. All that he said was that our parliament 
belongs to nine other parliaments in, in, in the world whose speakers are non-members of parliament. And if you read, if you, if you read the jurisprudence behind this provision in our, in our constitution, the framers understand the fact that given the peculiar nature of our democracy, our speaker must be a non-partisan person. That is why when you are elected as a member of, as a speaker who is already a member of parliament, you are asked to resign. So this, 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 this suggestion is a journey to nowhere. Roxanne Nelson, Daphne Amepo, thank you very much. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Much is a member of Parliament, Constitutional Legal Affairs Committee, and by the way, uh, that advice that was first issued by the Attorney General has been disregarded by the Auditor General, because if you go onto the Auditor General's website, the COVID-19 audit report is still there and hasn't been unpublished at all, contrary to the advice by the Auditor General. In fact, the Auditor General's office has subsequently told us that they will also be pushing for an amendment to the Audit Service Act, which you heard Roxanne Defiamekpo suggest there has an explicit provision mandating the Auditor General to publish its report once he, he submits it to Parliament. Uh, the government says that's something they want to amend, take that out, so the Auditor General will no longer have the power uh, to publish. But if you go onto the website to the Auditor General, uh, that report is still there. He is clearly disregarding the advice he received uh, from the Attorney General. I want to bring in the Ghana Integrity Initiative's Michael Buidi, uh, joins us on the telephone line right now. Mr. Buidi, thank you for your time here on News Night. It, it was the Attorney General who stirred this controversy. Now, the parliamentarians themselves are debating it. It came up on the floor today. The majority leader is firmly in the corner of the Attorney General. is suggesting that the Auditor General is carrying out his uh, mandate unconstitutionally. This is not going away anytime soon. And if you see the weight of the government and their members in Parliament, the MPP members in Parliament, they are determined to put this right. Your reaction to the latest comments by the majority leader? Well, thank you and good evening to your um, listeners and viewers. I think that we must, as a country, we must be careful because we are slowly moving into, uh, you know, a patrimonial or new patrimonial system of governance, and it's worrying. Consistently, the political class is craving and, and, and working towards amassing more power to themselves. Personalizing power at the expense of the general public. The world has moved towards good governance where transparency, you know, is the order. If one question that I think that we must all ask is that if the report is presented to Parliament, doesn't that constitute publication of the report or not? Two, will Parliament make anything plain or include anything or take away anything from the report before it is published. If no changes are going to be made, then what is the problem? 
I mean, we must be worried, particularly if you look at the current advice or the current uh, debate between the uh, 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 government, the Auditor General, and the and other stakeholders. We must be worried because we are beginning to see a certain attack on the independent body. Uh, the auditor general and it's not good it is not good for the image of the government it is not good for the country as, as a whole and therefore I believe and I humbly request of the uh, attorney general to please let us protect good governance transparency and let's stop the attack because it's not going to help in our governance process at all it is not giving Ghana any good We have come a long way without democracy, and we mustn't be doing things like that. That will take us back. I repeat, all well-meaning Ghanaians are together on this, and we are saying, please, let's stop it, because it's not helping. If you put the public, uh, if you put the, the auditor general report before parliament, the difference between putting the report before Parliament and uh, publishing it on the website is just the audience. Both of them are publication. So we should please, we should stop this uh, attack and this expression of power uh, and all that and let the right thing be done. And what is right is increasing good governance, transparency, and accountability. That is what is important. We plead with them. As it stands now, the Auditor General has not pulled down the COVID-19 report he published earlier. Is it your position that... That is that, the right that, thing to do. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I think some of the writing, we are all behind him. We think that the right thing is to ensure that the citizenry are informed as well as possible. We should... I mean, the right information, for instance, looks at the active disclosure as one of the pillars of good governance. So if proactively he's publishing, I think he's doing the right thing, and we must all support him. Michael Buidi, thank you very much. He is with the Ghana Integrity Initiative. So listening to News Night is on Joy 99.7 FM. And the last uh, uh, hour, we've been telling you about the NDC's internal race when it comes to who becomes your flag bearer for the 2024 elections. Today, former President John Mahama picked up his nomination forms and he will be returning them, paying 500,000 CDs, and then he'll be vetted, and then it will go to the delegates to the side. As he picked up the form today, the, the governing new patriotic party decided to hold a press conference. At this press conference, the communications officer of the party, Richard Ahiagba, declared that uh, John Bahama is indecisive. There's nothing new to offer uh, on the day when the former president picked up the forms. Listen to him. He defeated him twice. That's, well, he should conclude. This is a, it's a mathematical situation. We defeated the person twice. So is, does that suggesting that we're afraid of him? No, that's it. We're not afraid of Mahama. In fact, he is afraid because he can't tell when he's, whether he's going to run or not. I was telling you, uh, a couple of days ago, he was asking if he was going to run. He said, you don't know, you never, you never know what would happen. I mean, if you want to contest, you know you contest. We're ready for him. 
we are interested at this point in how we can build the economy. What we are interested in is whether or not he has a solution. Because we saw him vanquish gains that he got. We saw him collapse our economy. We saw him collapse our banking sector. We saw him cause Ghanaians to live in absolute difficulty in this country without electricity. It was an economic situation. He couldn't manage it. He was coming. We want to interrogate. That was why we're emphasizing for you that hold everybody to the fact. What is his proposition? What is he bringing? We want to know. You force that conversation to happen. So far, I don't see that. We're allowing the NDC just hide behind the difficulty. Which difficulty we have explained to you uh, come about because of the COVID-19 and the Russia-Ukraine war. They are denying that. You are allowing them to get away with it. We want you to hold them accountable because all of us have equal stake in this matter. And that's the party's communications director. That's the governing party's communications director, Richard Ahiagba. Joining us on the line right now is spokesperson for former President John Dramani Mahama, Felix Kwachifosu. Mr. Kwachifosu, thank you for your time here on Newsstand. Your reaction to what you've just been listening to there from the NPP? Oh, it's a load of hogwash. A load of hogwash. That needs to be dismissed. You see, the MPP has been beset with a bout of ridiculousness. After offering the most useless governance in our history and destroying our economy and imposing the most severe hardships in the history of this country on the people of Ghana, they should be looking for the nearest rattle to hide it and not come to waste our time with such jokes. Why? How does Richard Ahiaba look the people of Ghana in the face and tell us that they have anything to offer in terms of the management of the economy as against the NDC's vastly superior record? He says that your mama has nothing to offer, but the totally hopeless, hopeless washout Baumia has something to offer. When he chairs our economic management team, that has destroyed the economy, that has rendered us bankrupt. For the first time in 50 years, we have defaulted on the payment of our loans. For the first time in our history, this government has expropriated the life savings of pensioners and millions of Ghanaians who invested their money in government bonds. For the first time in our history, we have a public debt of 600 billion Ghana cities that we cannot pay. For the first time in our history, credit rating agencies have downgraded us to default levels. This has never happened since ratings began. For the first time in our history, we are having a situation where a government has had more resources than all other governments before it, and yet has delivered the worst outcomes in the history of this country. So we in the NDC are very clear in our minds that there's only one course of action. And that course of action is to boot this hopeless, actually useless government out of office and install a sound government that will run this country in a manner that restores stability and health to our economy and salvages the situation where Daniels has to go through hardships on a daily basis. That is what the NDC is coming to do. And how does John Mahama propose to do the things you've just listed? We've seen him before. He was f uh, former president. What is his new proposition to fixing the current crisis the, current, the country is currently facing? If you want to satisfy yourself, 
that President Mama can do better than the MPP. Just look at his record. That record alone tells you that he stands head and shoulders above anybody that the MPP will put up for this election. But that Was it not Baumia? But that record who came around that record also includes taking us to the IMF. Why? And what is wrong with going to the IMF? Well, that's so the IMF. No, is no, always no, I you. Well, all of them have. I mean, the history Absolutely. Changed. But in what, in what states did Pedro go to the IMF? And what were the outcomes? The very idea that Baumia has led a team that has bankrupted our economy completely dismisses him. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. As any option at all in any election, he should not even waste the time of Daniels to show up on the ballot paper after such an appalling performance. Trump as a mama was in charge of the management of this economy. We never, ever. Yeah, but there's a lot of history. I concede that. But I'm asking you a question about going forward. Today, John Mahama made his uh, intentions very formal. So let's go forward. What is his new proposition? The new proposition is that the useless, hopeless governance that this Paumia Akufado government is offering will become a thing of the past. One, to restore this economy to health. The reckless borrowing deliberate mismanagement, criminal waste of public resources will become a thing of the past. Number two, it will carry out far-reaching governance, political, and economic reform to ensure that it is not possible for a government to destroy a country ever again in our history like the MPP has done. In the coming days, it will engage the Ghanaian people on a formal platform. On which platform it will outline in detail the reason for his comeback. But even before he does that, even a toddler knows that this MPP government is simply not an option in this election. And that the criminal destruction of our economy that Baumia has supervised is sufficient reason to boot them out at the earliest opportunity come 2024. So, Mr. and his cohort in the MPP should not rob salt in the injury of the Ghanaian people whose resources they have plundered. They have wasted and in some instances deliberately embezzled and stolen. They should have empathy for the people upon whom they've imposed such unprecedented hardships and suffering and stop joking and toying with the destiny of the rule of this country. The rule of this country are not in any mood to tolerate this sort of jocular political that Ahia Bayanko are enamored of. This is a time for serious business and it is serious business that President Mahama has set about to do when the people of Ghana do him the honor of returning him to the presidency. Thank you very much, Felix. Uh, Felix Kwachifusu speaks for the former uh, president. So as you possibly can now read it between the lines, it appears that the gloves are beginning to come off. Uh, John Mahama picks up the form today. The MPP holds a press conference to call him out. The gloves are off now. The campaigning season is about to begin for the 2024 elections. Georgia Affairs here. Man has been watching the numbers very closely. And appears next year's election will be all about the numbers. Mm.
Uh, tonight I'm having a conversation about yeah. you know the trip to China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but the interesting thing, Ivan, is that this time round it, it will be about the economy, the economy, and the economy. And some will say that if you are Namu, are you better off today compared to whatever years and how the economy will be the playground? And how the numbers will play out. Mm-hmm. And that would be very, very interesting. It will be. What do you have in the headline, George? Olivans, the goal for your program to be implemented for at least a year has the initiative impacts on pricing of petroleum products sold by international suppliers. We'll be getting you more details on that one. And Bank of Ghana promises to institute measures to safeguard commercial banks despite the shocks associated with the Dest Exchange Program. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secrets, hmm. He said, it's MTN Business Broadbander. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. (laughs) To enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD Campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792 visit our website 
You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, National Petroleum Authority has indicated that the Gold for Oil program should be implemented for at least a year. They are also targeting to supply about 50% of the product needs of the market. The program is already impacting on the pricing of petroleum products offered by the international suppliers. That's according to the National Petroleum Authority. Abastasinsi is head of economic regulations of the National Petroleum Authority and been answering questions from journalists at the news conference in Accra today. Relatively cheaper petroleum products as compared to what the normal market has been providing. It is evident from the first cargo that the Gold for Oil program gives us cheaper prices. This is actually forcing the international oil suppliers to also come on board and offer our BDCs better prices. The BDCs have confirmed to us that ever since the Gold for Oil program started, because the international suppliers realized that the BOST and the Bank of Ghana are getting better offers from other suppliers, they've begun giving our BDCs um, lower premiums. The objective is that this better premium. So when, if we are able to achieve this objective of first of all, reducing the pressure on the dollar and also bringing our prices down because premium supplies are giving us um, these um, better premiums and the market kind of has stabilized. As to whether the program will continue for long or not, I think the program framework has mentioned clearly that this is an interim measure to bring some kind of stability to our market. It has been planned to go on for just a year. So if after the year it is sustainable and we want it to continue going because we can see that it's bringing the benefit that we need, then that will be revealed. Abbas Tassanti is head of economic regulations at the National Petroleum Authority. In a related development, the Economic and Organized Crime Office is said to be going after some oil marketing companies said to be owing more than 400 million Ghana cities to the National Petroleum Authority. This came about as a result of levies collected on each liter of petroleum products sold to the public for more than a year. But the authority also argued that it has redrew the licenses of these oil marketing companies companies and the office that is the economic and organized crime office is going after these oil companies to recover all monies due to the state the bank of ghana has given the firm assurance that it will institute the necessary measures to help cushion commercial banks in the country this is coming out of the bank report actually showed some significant drop in profits of commercial banks for last year, whilst the bank has also recovered or written off some five more than five billion Ghana cities in non-performing loans for last year. There is more in this business text report. Challenge there to bring you that report. Now, the local currency is coming under some pressure against the U.S. dollar. Data from commercial banks showed that it is now inching closer to the 13 Ghana city mark after trading within the 12 Ghana city range for more than a month. It is not clear for now what has influenced the sudden pickup in demand. However, some of the commercial bank treasurers have told their business that dollar supplies from the Bank of Ghana, on the other hand, hasn't been that good. Now, 12 Ghana cities, 95 pesos, should get you a dollar based on the average rates that some of the major commercial banks are offering to their clients. 13 Ghana cities, 20 pesos, should get you a dollar from the Forex Bureau. 
to other stories, the Institute for ICT Professionals Ghana have indicated that it will equip youth with their employable tech skills and acquaint them with the company to help them in getting jobs through the job fair. According to the Executive Director of the Institute for ICT Professionals Ghana, David Gunu, the fair will provide the youth with their required skills. He was speaking to job business at the 2023 Tech Job Fair. Our young entrepreneurs must uh, um, deploy technology in their business and we are here as Institute of ICT Professionals to support them, uh, to give them guidance, to give them mentors that can help them to do that. Uh, moreover, we also think that um, government needs to support them. I know government has some initiatives, but we need more support. Create technology parks where they can come, have their laptops, be able to work because office space is also very expensive. Get them tax reliefs and also soft loans. And that's uh, David Gunu. He is with the executive director of the Institute for ICT Professionals, Ghana. And that's all uh, for the business report on Newsnight. George, uh, thank you very much. And uh, tonight, later on, on uh, PM Express, we're having a conversation about the, our, our, the next mm. big... Mm. Uh, debt. Engaging the external creditors. Yes, yes, of and, course. Uh, yeah. I mean, which is which appears to be the next big thing for Ghana to mm. do in terms of trying to restructure uh, our debt. Mm. And so we are we are bringing together a few uh, people to discuss this Ghana's next big debt hurdle, mm. China and the external debt crisis. The the team is leaving for China later this mm. week, possibly Friday yeah. or or Saturday. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we are trying to get China to come to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that if we get China, that then paved the way to an IMF executive board approval. Yeah, right? yeah. So but, but, but the but interesting thing is that when you engage the IMF, even before the, the the commencement or the start of this debt exchange program, what they were looking for is the commitment by these creditors that they will participate in this program. That's so right. it's not even a getting an outright commitment from these other creditors that a pledge that we are interested in participating in this whole program to finance Ghana's initiative. Judging from how China has handled other countries, it appears that they struggle to get an outright debt cancellation, rather extending the maturity and all the rest. So it will not come easy for Ghana in trying to get China. And for some who have also argued about China using some of these support to more of uh, indirectly, you know, get what they want and have influence or its hold on African countries, it will be interesting how China handles Ghana's request or Ghana's situation. But most importantly, how China will handle our negotiators who are yeah. traveling. It appears the finance minister himself may be leading this yeah. delegation yeah. To, yeah. to China. It's yeah. so important yeah. that he needs to be yeah. there yeah. himself. And so we're going to look at that. Okay. Um, we're going to be speaking to Mark Bolong, who is a senior credit research analyst with Red Intelligence. Yeah. Um, will join us uh, via Zoom. And Dr. Lloyd Amwa is a director of Center for Asian Studies and senior lecturer, Department of Political Science and University of Ghana. I'm interested, you know, he studies China for a fun. A lot. So he studies China yeah. for fun. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, like, it should give us a sense of what our negotiators, the team, go, what they should expect. Uh, uh, you know, Ivan, there's always been this question about whether we've gotten the best when it comes to negotiating with China. Yeah. The other loans, uh, the sign-up, and all those things. And it appears that some have argued that we haven't gotten the best when it comes to negotiating with China. 
And so it'll be interesting. And yeah. some are also saying that, you know, China wants to use its uh, economic muzzle to kind of indirectly yeah. have a hold on African countries. They want know? our gold. Yeah. They want our bauxite. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When, yeah. when when we yeah. sit with them next week, for yeah. example, will they yeah. say, well, yeah. you owe us $1.7 billion, which yeah. is exactly what we owe them. Yeah. Well, we, we, we'll... We exchange that with gold. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but you are exchanging, you are doing bad arrangement for, for oil. Yeah. Give gold. us... It means uh, you have gold. Uh, anyway, there's some Give interesting the reports then, coming out that even seem to suggest that in terms of our gold deposits, it is still more than what officially been put out. Mm. And we have other foreign governments having more data on what we have in this country than what has been officially put out. I would be surprised the Chinese have more data. More data, and that is why they are sudden interest in yeah. Ghana in terms of resources. That, that is why they agreed to take our bauxite yeah. and return for so cash. Maybe they will do a, a gold for a gold for gold debt. For debt. That would not be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but like it's, everything is on the table yeah. when we sit with them. And tonight yeah. we're going to explore that yeah. with these experts. And um, I was particularly interested in getting um, Red Intelligence yeah. to join. Yeah. Um, Give them a lot they, of work. Yes, yes, yes. In this yeah, space. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, for Bloomberg and, and others. Mm. And so they are, they are senior credit research analysts who join mm. us all the way. Mm. He's not in Ghana. Be but interesting, yeah. How the uh, Mark Bolong will join us with his pr- uh, professional expertise on this. Professor Gopher Bokbani mm. also yeah. does a lot of work in this area will also join us. So I mean, I'm looking forward to this plus we have uh, some proper research into what china has been doing in the last few years dating back to 2000 2000s just to give us a sense of what we should expect mm. when we sit down with It'll them just, what, 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 you have to study your opponent yeah right and and know what what they've been doing it, it gives you a very good sense of what they might say when we sit down yeah. with them. we'll try and yeah. do that yeah. we're looking forward we to our, that our interesting analysis. discussion events um stay with us 9 p.m is on the joy news channel and on our many social media platforms as well um you're still live your news night is on joy 99.7 fm the recent school placement scandal that rocked the education ministry has now placed the ministry family on a collision course with the biggest teacher union in the country the ghana national association of teachers have today been fighting back insisting no staff of theirs was involved in a placement scandal nat is challenging the Education Ministry and GS to publish that investigative report into alleged fraud in the placement process. They have been taking on specifically the Communications Director for the Ministry, Kwesi Kwating. Listen to Thomas Musa, he's a General Secretary of Nazis being addressed in the news conference. The question we need even to ask further is that, that is Kwesi Kwating telling us that all the people that come to the Ministry of Education, they are staff of the Ministry? So the fact that somebody is here doesn't mean that the person is a staff of the organization. That is unacceptable. And you, you, you absorb all the stuff from the Ministry of Education, that the person doesn't work at, or they don't work at the Ministry of Education, that they, are, they, are, they work uh, here, not here. We think that is unacceptable. If Kwesi Kwati believes in the report that the, the committee released, then they publish it. If you don't want to talk about the report, why should you start judging people and pronouncing people guilty when the report is undercover or the report has not yet been disclosed or been put into the public domain. We think that is unfortunate. He wants Kwesi Kwating sanctioned. No staff was involved. Let Kwesi Kwating come and tell us. Let him come and tell us. Let him come and tell us. And we demand that the ministry of the minister, together of the DG, must reprimand him. He must be rebuked. It is becoming it is becoming the hallmark of Kwesi Kwating. And this one, we want to tell the Ghana Education Service, if should they keep quiet on this particular one, we as an organization will give them a response. This is just the beginning.
Thomas Musa is the general secretary of the biggest teacher union in the country, NAT. You're still live here on Newsnight. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Shortly, I'll bring you sports. And we're looking forward to another day in the Champions League. So stay with us for that. Now, the German government is urging Ghanaian authorities and industries to work to eliminate child labor and increase vigilance in the enforcement of fair wages, particularly in the textile industry. Starting 2023, the German government passed the German supply chain due diligence law, which mandates companies to improve the protection of human rights uh, in the global supply chain and, among other things, to prevent child labor and to ban substances that are harmful to people and the environment. Companies in Ghana and Africa at large may be cut off or excluded from the supply chain if they are found breaching the law. Listen to the German Minister for Development Cooperation, Mrs. Swandrew Scholz. While she inspected some... Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. It's not marked registered at the FCA US LLC. Companies exporting textiles to Germany. Here we are at the beginning of the due diligence and we see that it is possible to do the work for textile with fair wages, with social protection for the workers and that the one who are doing that here still making their, their business. They still earn money with that. And with what we're doing in Germany with our law, we try to make a level playing field for such investors as we see here in Ghana uh, with fair wages, with social protection, because uh, the ones who, who do that do not that way. They skip out the market and this kind of taking care for workers, avoid child labor. That is what we want to see in the future and that is what the people here in Ghana want and what we want in Germany. Here is a company that takes care about avoiding child labor. They don't want to have chi children in the production. They want them to be in a school. And that is what we want also. And they take care about their workers here. And that is an example of how that can work. And we need the whole textile industry to, to work in that way. That is uh, uh, what, what we take care with our um, way how to, to buy such textiles in Germany. The German producers need to take care of the whole way of their textiles uh, and need to take care that there is no child labor in. Well, legal miners have taken over close to 1,000 hectares of farmlands out of Fuasi in the Asante Achim South municipality, polluting the river Nuru, the only water source in the area. But local authorities say they are overwhelmed and cannot do much in the face of emboldened local citizens and foreigners using shanfine machines to pollute the river. But former MP for Asante Achim South and board chair of the Middle Belt Development Authority, Alex Crunchy, who led journalists there, accused local authorities of doing little to stop the destruction. Lab FM's Erastus Saridonko led a team to Fwasi and now reports. Residents of Fwasi are mainly farmers, growing cocoa, rice and vegetables. The river, Enuru, has been a lifeline to agriculture here. But illegal mining has changed the fortunes of the people. 
The river, our only source of water, is highly polluted. So we have to hire motorbikes to fetch water from the house to the farm to tend to our crops. Over 1,000 hectares of farmland has been turned into pits and gullies. The course of the river Enuru has been changed and the water highly polluted. So we are very close to the sound of Shamfan sitting on the river and we are snooping in on them to find out who is there. We tracked the sound of Shamfan equipment to another part of the Enuru River. Uh, Isaiah is not from Afwasi. He hails from Ashaman in Accra. He and his friends are leaking engine oil and other pollutants into the Enru River. But he remains indifferent. I know all this pollutes the river, what we are doing here. I cannot say I don't feel bad about it. Russell, sorry, Donko filed that report. Well, the National Labor Commission has directed the Ministry of Energy to engage management and staff of NETCO to decide on the next line of action regarding calls for the removal of the managing director of the power distributor. The workers early this month partially withdrew services at all operational centers and plunged parts of the northern regions into darkness. They demanded the sacking of the managing director, Aluba Ayuba. Now, my colleague, Papani Ashali, is in the studio with me with a statement from the National Labor Commission. What were the findings the NLC made? So it says that the commission, upon hearing the party's submissions and interrogating the facts identified, the main issue in dispute as sustainability of the company. The commission further observed that there is the need to engage the parties on the issues in dispute in order to ensure that sanity prevails. Uh, what are they expecting a response from the energy ministry? When exactly do we know? Uh, so, there's a directive, though, in, in here. It says that uh, the Ministry of Energy should engage the management of the company and workers and decide with them on the next line of action to be taken. Um, that has also been resolved. And then the issues are to report, the parts are bigger, but are to report the outcome of the engagement in two weeks' time, Evans. Okay. Well, we've been getting a reaction from the Senior Staff Association, the chairman of the association uh, at VRA Netco, Engineer William Kwame Asari, is expecting the ministry to be dispassionate in dealing with the issue. Clearly, the directive is urging the supervising ministries to bring the parties together and find a solution to the problem. So we're, we're expecting that the ministry will come to the table with an open mind, give staff the opportunity to make their case and discuss the issues and um, start a common path forward. But are you confident that there will be a resolution to the concerns that the workers have? We are very confident because my brother, the, the issue is about the sustenance of this business. As we speak now, this business is on its knees and we as staff will do everything and anything to ensure that this business is sustained. We owe it as a duty to uh, the staff of NETCO and to the Ghanaian people. We are hopeful that the ministry will listen to us and address the issues that have been raised in our resolution. 
And that's the Senior Staff Association Chairman of the VRA and Netco, Engineer William Kwame Asari. Uh, joining me right now in the studio with sports is Ms. Bao. Yeah, Evans. Well, uh, Ghana football legend Mohamed Polo has today presented a five-year development plan to help improve Ghana football to President Kufado at the Jubilee House. And uh, well, I'll present making the presentation. He indicated that the plan is intended to develop Ghana's youth in their quest to build a career in football. He bemoans the current state of Ghana football, describing it as one that is incapable of developing the young talent in the country and being unable to play the Ghana football, which he described as a grow ball. We, our time, we had a brand, and that is Ghana brand of football. It is called a grow at that time. Unfortunately, it looks as if, you know, things are you know, shifting because of the, the, the sort of, you know, rise for <laughs> outside, the, you know, contracts. So we want everything to, to, to come in time. So we don't give this, you know, talented ones, you know, the time to write. And it looks as if it's, it's, it's not helping us. And uh, it's, it's, I think uh, we have to give the younger ones the experience, what we have for them to you know, go from, because it looks as if the talents are there and uh, we, we, something got to be done and that is what I intend doing you know, that, and uh, I'm happy it's the right time you know, to come and present this uh, five years even. So that's uh, Mohamed Polo there. Well, Champions League football continues tonight with Manchester City travelling to Germany to t- play RB Leipzig and events. Of course, yesterday was a big one between Real Madrid and Liverpool, where Liverpool what clearly were humbled. What big, big, big game. time humbled. 14 seven, min- seven goals in that game. Yes, yes. Yeah, 14 was, minutes and Liverpool had scored two goals. Uh, and delicious. I'm like, oh my God, Liverpool. Yeah, for a moment, God. it almost felt like, ooh, Real Madrid is about to suffer at Anfield. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then the spirit of Real Madrid came alive. Like at long last, Liverpool will have their revenge. Yes. I mean, they've been waiting for this revenge for, what, three years now? Yes. Three I mean, years. The first one, the Champions League final. 2018. Mo Salah broke his arm. Yes, and yes. And could not play. So and when they came round for that second final, everybody said, this is the one. Revenge oh, yeah. is better. Oh, yeah. cold. And then oh, yeah. they lost again. They lost again. And it, it appears it gets worse after it does appear so it is a PSO it is a PSO it was a it was a great game to yesterday and today we'll be looking forward to the Liverpool struggle my god (laughs) I I can imagine Uh, you have a game on Thursday so we'll see what happens in that game against Barcelona even Barcelona know they've lost that game oh dear but you watched that game last week it was was a good performance from your side but anything can change it's football you you very much know I agree with you but not in this current form thank you very much Ms. Bao um, just before we go, the National Petroleum Authority says it will now restrict sale of petroleum products from gold uh, for oil arrangement to only oil marketing companies with at least 45 outlets across the country. This is part of measures to ensure that a cheaper fuel is available across the country to have an impact uh, in the finances of the consumers. And so the prices will be significantly reduced for you. Now, two consignments of the products have been received since the program took off. 
But the Ghana Private Road Transport Union says they will only reduce transport fares when they have witnessed a significant decrease. Uh, Samuel Lamoa is a member of the communications team of the union. So now that um, they are saying they are working on things for the fuel prices to come up, that is our expectation. But it shouldn't just be uh, a saying, uh, it should reflect. We should see it live at the pump. When they say it and it's not reflecting at the pump, then it means we are not, we are not seeing it. And someone can will also say that uh, if, if, if the, the prices are, the four prices are coming down, it's supposed to come down to a certain, a certain margin before we can also think of, you know, uh, adjusting our fares. MP says prices have already been adjusted at the palms. Listen to Chief Executive Officer, Dr. Mustafa Abdul Hamid. Of course, 40,000 metric tons is not um, enough to, if you want, cause a significant change in the prices. But even so, one of the highest buyers of the gold for oil product in the first consignment was Goyle. And Goyle's prices were brought down by up to about 70 pesos. Other OMCs that also got some consignment of gold for oil gave us a reduction of about 10 to 20 um, pesos. That's still not um, significant, significant though. So this time, MPA's gold for oil team, um, which is led by the deputy chief executive, Perio Kujeto, um, the Sheila uh, Ado, the policy coordinator, and there is Abbas Tasunti, they've, they've come out with a brilliant idea that in this second consignment of gold for oil products that have come, we are going to sell only to OMCs with not less than 45 outlets. You see? And that there is uh, Mustafa Hamid, who is a chief executive for the MPA, and that's it for Newsnight tonight. Enjoy the rest of your evening. ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.